Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Ad- <laughs> Maya Adkins. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into Twin Peaks, season two, episode 21, titled Miss Twin Peaks. <gasps> Almost at the end, penultimate. <laughs> I heard you say 21 and I was like, no, it's 29. But that is 20- but it's 29, <laughs> 29 and like in the ultimate episode. The grand, the grand scheme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this is so memorable to me. And I feel like there's like five episodes after this, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Only one. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. And like now we know obviously that they got canceled, but like, and you probably knew back then, but like, it's just so like, why would you want to cancel it? Like there's so much to uncover and so stupid. Well, I mean, in theory, the ratings, I mean, the ratings did go down, but like, if you look at them compared to like season three ratings, which were in the the now days, mm-hmm. they were huge numbers <laughs> compared to what you know, right. we get now for a show. Right. Yeah, I I was reading, maybe when we do the notes, I can look it up a little more, but I was reading about how Bob Iger, I guess, was the head of CBS at the time, or a- mm-hmm. yeah, CBS. Is this ABC or CBS? I think it's ABC. Yeah. It was ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was really into it, but like the people under him who kind of did a lot more day-to-day running were not into it. Like this is the one time that uh, executives make a decision for other people and not themselves. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can't you just be like, I like this show, we're keeping it on. <laughs> I Whatever. mean, I feel like there's so many stories from probably still to this day, but like definitely from back then, oh, it was yeah. just like, how can movie stu- or, you know, um, not movie studio, but television executives or maybe movie studio executives fuck up a project. And there are so <laughs> <Yep>. many ways. <laughs> so many ways. Canceling I mean, it being the number one. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like we every week I see an article that's like, Netflix canceled this amazing show. And I don't read it because I don't really watch Netflix, but I assume it's a good show that people like. So very weird. Happens all the time. Yeah. Oh, the world. (laughs) (laughs) But for this episode, um, I guess (laughs) we'll start with first impressions. I really enjoyed it. I love this. I feel like we got just a little bit of everyone because it's kind of like a a come together penultimate. Uh And I, I feel like we didn't get necessarily any resolutions to anything that we were like speculating on, but I feel like we got like further along in the process of those speculations. Yeah. Yeah. This one was very memorable to me. Just like from, I guess, probably the first time I ever watched it. I just have vivid memories of the Miss Twin Peaks dance number. And <laughs> all of the acts and the scary Wyndham Earl dressed the log lady scene. Yeah, and that was weird. Yeah, there's just, it was <sighs> such a good episode. And it's so sad because the next episode is really great too. And it's directed by David Lynch. And it's right. got all the like crazy stuff you could want, which <laughs> I'm excited to get to it. But <laughs> Me too. But this one is like a great, like the whole Miss Twin Peaks contest or pageant feels like a final episode type of thing. I feel mm-hmm. like I remember it either like being a part of the last episode, but it's, you know, it just needed its whole own episode. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love it when 
certain shows do that where it's like this episode is entirely just focused on this one thing within the universe like in parks and rec where they did the was it a little sebastian concert or festival or something <laughs> <laughs> like the entire uh-huh. episode is just about this one event and it's always fun <laughs> yeah and it feels very small town when like uh, i don't think yeah. i ever felt so much <laughs> like it did until this watching like watch because we've been talking the whole time about how everyone's so excited about what could come of their winnings and i'm like what what winnings is this twin pizza? <laughs> you're doing this in a bar and then right. you know and i had never really thought of it that way until this watch and watching it today i was like yeah it's very like dropped in gorgeous level <laughs> <laughs> yes if local judge maybe not even <laughs> yeah definitely and then like the whole like miss tweaks gala buffet and there's some pies for it and it just feels very <laughs> small town, which is it's fun. Yeah, and appropriate. Mm-hmm. Because it is small town. <laughs> yeah. Small town and but for some reason Lana is obsessed with winning this small town pageant. <laughs> I don't know what her obsession She'll do is. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> I still am confused about that, but yeah. Doesn't matter anymore. Was- we have a winner. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. Should we go ahead and do the notes? Sure. Because I found quite a bit. Okay. First of all, it was written by Barry Pullman, which mm-hmm. I had to look up because it's, I thought it was maybe the guy who had written Wild at Heart, but it, I don't think it was. Mm. Any relation to Bill Pullman? <laughs> I did not check. (laughs) Possibly. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe so. Okay. Directed by Tim Hunter, who we've definitely seen before. Mm -hmm. Came out June 10th, 1991. It's amazing how close we are. I mean, mean, we're still technically in June. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this won't be coming out in June. But it's just weird how we're always like right at the the right time recording it as Mm -hmm. when it came out. Like just... That is really funny. However many years later, 30 years later. <laughs> Kismet. Yeah. And this episode went up in ratings from like, it was in the 7.4 million range to back to 10.4 million. Everyone's excited. <laughs> the last two episodes, everyone had to tune in. And I was reading the IMDB description and it, you know, I had a few sentences and the last sentence was Annie and Dale make a commitment. And I was like, is that, uh, is that how you would define <laughs> them having sex? <laughs> also, what like a like a two minute scene is the most is like important enough to make it into the description. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is really weird. Oh, um, here let me open up the book because one of my facts is that Kimmy Robertson is a former dancer, which was pretty obvious watching it. (laughs) I was like, she's so good. That's actually one of the things I remember the most. Just like, it's one of those, I don't know if it's like a factoid I learned, maybe watching special features or something. Mm -hmm. But I just even remember from like the earliest days thinking, oh, Lucy's a real dancer. (laughs) (laughs) That scene reminded me so much of that. There's an episode of Golden Girls where they do a dance-a-thon to like, raise money and the winner wins something. <laughs> and of course, like the last three couples are 
you know, the three golden girls. And then it turns out that Rose is like this insane, like doing cartwheels and flipping around the room, but it's like <laughs> so clearly, I remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's so clearly like a stunt double, but it's just like uh-huh. the funny, because like, you know, the one who's supposed to be like the dopey dummy is like amazing dancer. And I was like, this is her legacy. That's <laughs> funny. I, I definitely used to watch that with my mom as a kid, but I have yeah. not really seen it since. <laughs> I still my... remember that. It's one of my favorite episodes. So there was an interview in the Twin Peaks Unwrapped book, part of an interview with Kimmy Robertson. And she said that she was a dancer for 35 years, a ballet dancer. Oh. Did I say 35? Yeah, you said 35. (laughs) Okay. My brain afterwards told me I said 37. (laughs) (laughs) No, you said 35. And Mark Frost and David Lynch were, she said, like, kind of whispering to each other while she was seated Mm -hmm. at her, like, you know, office desk or whatever <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was like what are they planning and they came over and they're like we want to do a dance in the talent show <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they said and she was like you mean like real dancing or disney dancing and they're like disney dancing <laughs> <laughs> it's abc it's abc <laughs> she said okay i'll do it then and they just said to use her own, just like make it up to her own music. And then Angelo Badalamenti will come in and put music over it. So she did it to Mac the Knife. Ah. And she said everyone was worried because they're like, but you're pregnant when she did the splits. And she was like, but I'm not really pregnant. So it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, Robin Lively had a little bit in here that she really thought playing Lana was a career highlight. So that's good to hear. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> Even though she's a crazy character, I have always enjoyed her. I Yeah. I don't dislike Lana at all. No. <laughs> and then Tim Hunter, just to kind of illustrate what we were talking about with the studio fucking with the production, he said that normally when you, when he did a script or whatever, he would get like, 40 or more setups a day which i guess Mm -hmm. is like um scenes you can shoot Uh and they were given two setups what they were only allowed to do like 60 shots in a day they had like i guess like the either the cameramen were checked out by that time or they just weren't giving enough money or resources or whatever but they were just like do it on as little as possible filming time that's rude so he said he got into like he was uh, trying to channel Tokyo Story and get into like a minimalist mm-hmm. frame of mind when he was doing it. And there actually were several scenes where I was like, "Wow, they're really taking their time with this." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> now I can see why. <laughs> yes, a lot more long shots. <laughs> also, he was responsible for the black teeth on Wyndham Earl at the beginning. <sighs> he said it was an um, um, homage to uh, Japanese cinema. Interesting. Yeah. And then I have the log lady intro. <gasps> yes. This is a, a very long one. Oh. I, I, I really always think I should actually watch her go back and watch her do this because <laughs> I have no idea how to interpret these. But okay. A log is a portion of a tree. At the end of a crosscut log, many of you know this, there are rings. Each ring represents one year in the life of a tree. How long does it take to grow a tree? I don't mind telling you some things. Many things I I mustn't say. Just notice that my fireplace is boarded up. There will never be a fire there. <laughs> <laughs> On the mantelpiece in that jar 
are some of the ashes of my husband. My log hears things I cannot hear, but my log tells me about the sounds, about the new words. Even though it has stopped growing larger, my log is aware. Hmm, that's ominous. <laughs> <laughs> There's very much a lot of log lady stuff going on in this episode. Mm -hmm. The fireplace being boarded up, there will never be a fire there. It really made me question, like, was your husband affected by, like, a bob or something? Mm. Or, I don't know. Well, I would They've think, never like... never really implied that, per se. Right. Well, she has a, uh, a scar, just like Major Briggs. So I wonder if, like... I wonder, is that... Does that... That scar means that they've been to the Black Lodge, right? Sort of? Uh, they I entered it, maybe? necessarily Some know sort of sure. plane? I don't think they ever expressly state that, but I definitely think... It's implied that they've at least had some sort of interaction with the the fairy realm, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So clearly, clearly, she. I think, especially with her log and her personal experiences, like fire is such a very significant part of Bob and the Black Lodge. I feel like so. Yeah. I think she also is like fire is bad. <laughs> fire will never happen <laughs> in my house again. Yeah. Okay, and then I just have a little random astrology tangent because <laughs> one of the like goofs or whatever was that Saturn and Jupiter were not conjunct in 89 or 91, whatever, uh -huh. you know, no time around there. And which I just feel like means that it happens in a different universe than ours, like a parallel oh, of universe, course. which where where all TV takes place. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean, I don't. I would hope that there's not a black lodge here in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to, I that made me want to look up when all the past Jupiter Saturn conjunctions are. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting, the cycle. So I just thought I'd do like a teeny little bit about that just in case. Yeah, that's interested. cool. Because we just had one oh. in 2020, in mm -hmm. December of 2020. It was in Aquarius, the Saturn jupiter oh. conjunction but the previous one to the ones yeah in 1980 december 1980 there was one in libra and okay. then again in may of 2000 there was one in taurus okay and the way it works because it's every 20 years if you look at a like a chart wheel you know there's the four elements that mm -hmm. make it up and they're evenly spaced so the way it works out is they will stay in a specific element every 20 years and it kind of mm -hmm. you know towards the end it so like in 80 it was in air which was the first time it had been in air in like hundreds of years because mm -hmm. previously had always been in earth signs mm -hmm. so that's and that in taurus in 2000 it was the last of the earth sign ones so it kind of like crosses over oh. right at the like those 20 40 years or whatever uh-huh anyway i just thought it was really interesting to think that from like around between 1802 and 1842 to 1961 slash maybe 2000, we were doing all earth conjunctions and earth oh. has to do with possessions and what you own. And if you think back, like that was like a lot of slavery and getting rid of slavery and, mm -hmm. you know, like even up to the Reagan era where it was all about amassing stuff. It just oh, felt yeah. like... When you think about it like that, it's like, oh, yeah, Earth makes sense. And then previous to that, from like 1603, 1663 to like 1821, 
was fire, which, you know, that's when a lot of people were declaring their independence or colonizing mm-hmm. other countries, which feels very like, you know, yeah. marking your territory feels like very fire to me. And oh, then yeah. Previous to that was water. And hmm. that was when we were doing a lot of exploration by ship. And anyway, I just thought it was really interesting. The last time we had yeah. air conjunctions, which is what we're starting the next long cycle of, was in the Middle Ages slash Dark Ages. So. Uh, <laughs> Ominous. <laughs> uh, maybe it'll be a, a reverse Dark Ages. Maybe it'll be the Light Ages and we'll progress. <laughs> well, it's not always the same stuff, you know, there's good right. and bad to each thing. But I just thought like, hey, if That's you don't funny. believe in astrology, there's something that feels very like. Yeah. That's like, it's interesting how like connected it yeah. is to like the time periods. That's cool. I love all that stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> let's That's do the goal. recap. <laughs> all right, let's do it. So recap for episode 21, titled Miss Twin Peaks. We open in the abandoned cottage where Leo and Garland are chained up. Leo wakes up first and he's stretching to reach this school desk that's near him. And he pulls out a set of like keys for a lock, they're very small keys, and tries to unlock his own chains, but they don't work. But he is able to free Garland and tells him to go save Shelly very Uh, grim beginning (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh he's very out of it garland stumbles out of the cottage and leo stares at the queen of spades card with shelly's face on it Uh, and we fade out and then fade back in as wyndham is coming back and his face is like the cards i thought if you were at all interested audrey being the diamond is also Uh earth which is about material Uh possessions like we said earlier donna is clubs which is fire Shelly is spades, which is swords, which Shelly does not feel like a swords person, but whatever. And <laughs> I said that it's almost like Wyndham subconsciously knew there was going to be a Queen of Hearts because mm-hmm. he never sent out a letter to a Queen of Hearts, but he said it was going to be whoever won the pageant. So anyway. Yeah, clearly, you know, either of his own volition or maybe with some supernatural influence, he was foreshadowing. Yeah. He also has Cooper as a sword. Mm, he does feel like a sword <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah he's an aquarius for sure <laughs> <laughs> okay so when it comes back his face is like i, I put painted but it's more like powdered white it's very ghostly looking and we see yeah. his teeth are completely blacked out like you said it kind of looks like carnival of souls yeah it does <laughs> i was wondering like is this something that he did to himself? Is it kind of like, because he's getting closer and closer to the Black Lodge, is this, his like appearance is sort of like going in and out of it? It's very scary. It was interesting to know that this is the first time it happens because I was wondering if we had ever seen someone look like that before because mm-hmm. that definitely will come back. Mm. That particular look. Uh-huh. I was thinking, is he possessed by Bob because we saw the hand come out and the last one, but <laughs> that's was true. You're there when it happened. I don't think so. Okay, but I think that was basically showing us the entrance to the Black Lodge. So right, 
Hmm. I don't know. Maybe the closer he gets, the more Bob's influence or something. Very interesting. Definitely. Okay. At the double R, Norma, Shelley, and Annie are talking about the pageant. Norma's hoping that they're both finalists and they both sort of softly agree. Not super, (laughs) super happy about it. But we also learned that Norma won Miss Jim Peaks 20 years ago. And I put, of course she did. (laughs) (laughs) But I did laugh when they were like, so who are you going to vote for? Are you going to do a split vote? And then are you going to pick one of us? And Shelly's giving this like forced (laughs) smile that is like, what's that paste you put on their teeth so that they are like forced to smile? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, Vaseline. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i it's just so sweet i was like i want to work at the diner <laughs> i know that seems like the perfect job for like definitely for like teenage slash young 20s like who better to be around than all these cool people for sure for sure and then we go now we go to the great northern and we see audrey sitting by the fire waiting for bed she's in like this very dramatic like red flowy dress that we've never seen her in before I know. <laughs> I was like, is this symbolic of the fact that she had sex? (laughs) (laughs) She's like very, I don't know, red, I guess, is like a very um, scarlet letter kind of color, which is silly. Popping your cherry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very interesting. She's way overdressed for the daytime your dad's office. (laughs) Well, she was overdressed and I think she was barefoot. So it was very... Was she dressed for the pageant though? Maybe that was it. I don't think she was wearing that for the pageant though. It was very, it was, because remember she was, she, he asked, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's your fine, you're fine. Ben enters and he's carrying multiple books. They're all holy books from various religions. And he essentially, he's hoping to find like the true good in humanity or it doesn't really You need to read sense. every religious text to be able to tell good from bad, Ben. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But Audrey's still feeling down about John slash Jack. And Ben tells her that time heals all wounds. And I wrote, he's finally being a decent father. (laughs) And then Audrey reveals that she's actually here to update him on her trip to Seattle. And she learned that the Packards are using Twin Peaks savings and loan to funnel cash to the Ghostwood project. But the bank is keeping a low profile to avoid bad publicity. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> then we'll definitely take advantage of that. And then he asks <laughs> if she's given any more thought to the pageant. Basically, she tells him she has zero interest, but he tries to persuade her by saying it's the best local forum and that she could inspire everyone with her political sensibility if she were to win. I was like, <laughs> and then he reveals that the, the theme to her and that Audrey could give them a leg up on stopping Ghostwood with her speech. And then I wrote, there's always like another motive to his, <laughs> his mm. desires and yes. his persuading. Yes. <laughs> he can't help himself. No. <laughs> Back at the station, Coop and Harry talk about Garland and Coop suspects Wyndham is involved in his disappearance, which I wrote, shouldn't that be everyone's first thought? <laughs> He's killed multiple strangers that he doesn't know. He, he knows Garland. Like, <laughs> Yeah. The shot is set up with the bonsai right in the front of the scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't even know yet. They talk about Josie's death and how Coop saw her quaking with fear. And he suspects <laughs> that fear is what killed her. And at her death, he saw Bob appear and speculates that her fear is the thing that brought him back out. Good theory. Although I believe we were speculating that she died by force of will. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I must die. <laughs> 
but it does just the whole idea of like Bob feeding off of fear and mm -hmm. it really makes me sad thinking back on the diary and like yeah like the whole point was just yeah it's, to feed off her it's fear sad. yeah yeah but they're not alone listening in Wyndham hears this and realizes he needs fear to access the Black Lodge and he's very excited by this it's his favorite emotion <laughs> and Le tells Leo that they have almost everything they need and <laughs> as he gathers his things to leave he gives a goodbye speech to Leo and then we see that he's holding a string by his teeth that connects to a cage full of tarantulas very gross <laughs> yeah I mean I think he could probably survive tarantulas but yeah <laughs> he could probably spot the <laughs> box was... away as it falls <laughs> yeah I mean they're not deadly <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine there was like a long lingering shot where they panned across the rope, across this thing, across mm -hmm. the rope. And I was like, that's a really long ass rope pan. And now having read Tim Hunter say that they only had a certain amount of shots and he could only do so much. I was like, well, I bet he was just filling time yep. or, you know, <laughs> creating <He's> like, tension. There's <laughs> yeah, an extra 10 to 12 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we go to the side of the pageant, and Mr. Pinkle is choreographing the opening number. And I wrote, <laughs> he's a weasel wrangler and a choreographer. And I remembered what else he did. He mm -hmm. was the one who sold Bobby and Shelly all the stuff for Leo's <laughs> okay. bed, you know, right. when he first his, came like, back supplies. from the hospital. Yeah. That's such a well I knew well Pinkle wasn't like, yeah, did a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's funny. We see Norma, Dick, and Mayor Milford discussing the qualities they want to look for in the winner. Um, <laughs> and of course, Norma's the only person who is having any decent qualities. She just wants originality. Well, didn't Dick say breeding? I was like, oh, someone slap him, please. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what's your... What's your rating? You work at a department store in Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's not like you're royalty or something. I also love Donna smoking in the background. Of course. <laughs> secretly while they're she, she is a smoking fiend this episode. She's, <laughs> I feel I like, love... go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're fine. You feel like what? I just feel like she's always smoking is what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I also love Lucy not taking Pinkle shit. <laughs> Yes. Hey, I mean, <laughs> after seeing her dance, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's like, don't try to choreograph me, buddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they go on a dance break, and Lana asks Dick to help her get a prop for them from the closet. She's very clearly <laughs> lying and sort of comes on to Dick and tries to sway his vote. Her pheromones are tuned, turned up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she gave a couple extra spritzes. <laughs> Back at the Great Northern, Coop is recording a message to Diane about what sort of has transpired so far since our last recording. The first thing he says is, this is my second meditation in lieu of sleep. And I was like, I don't think that's all healthy. <laughs> no, I, I would hope that Diane's like, please get sleep. Stop meditating. Please go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but he also brings up Annie and that he hasn't felt this way since Caroline. Which I feel like is a big step because he rarely relates personal stuff to Diane. It's mostly business. Yeah. And then I wrote, it's kind of crazy that in two seasons and almost 30 episodes, we've not met Diane at all. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. 
I know, I know we will, because I remember, (laughs) like, you know, the thing, but it was just like, it's so weird, like, especially back then to be like, Diane, 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 who is Diane? And I don't think he's done the thing for a while, the tape recorder. No, it's been like a few episodes. Yeah. But he hears a knock at the door and answers it and speak of the devil. It's Annie. Uh, She (laughs) needs help with her speech because she hasn't written anything and it's not a fan of public speaking. Uh, <laughs> she does like a great joke where I th- I can't remember exact I mean maybe not exactly oh yeah but I laughed when he says something complimentary to her and she's like that's not what my choreographer says <laughs> oh right oh yeah because he just was talking about her and then she is at the door and he's like you have great timing and she's like that's oh, yeah, not what my choreographer it. says <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like Annie you do make jokes <laughs> she's got that deadpan kind of humor she's funny yeah she's Um, very deadpan (laughs) yes coop starts to help her with her speech and they start talking about it and they quickly move on to making out and they start undressing and basically we're given the illusion that they are having sex for the first time i mean i guess good for them it felt kind of awkward and i was like hey Normally, you know, I'm like, go for these kinds of scenes. But this one, I was like, I just, uh, is the chemistry not there or something? But it feels, it might be. It's good for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. It might just be because it's ABC, but it just felt so like we're going to be very gentle and we're going to just like slowly (laughs) peel off clothes. It's not like very passionate or anything. It's very like, we're very soft. (laughs) Maybe that was it. I mean, yeah. It's ABC. <laughs> Next, we go to, I think, probably my favorite scene of the entire episode. We're at Ed and Nadine's, <laughs> and Nadine is going through her slideshow of all her great ma- wrestling match wins. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of her slideshow, Jacoby starts to go on about how they need to talk about breaking up. So that is all out in the open. And Nadine says, she starts off by saying she knew that it was time when she spotted Mike's buns at school. <laughs> that was my favorite. I guess it, really it all funny. started when I noticed Mike's buns. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, the camera flashes to Ed and Norma, and they're like so uncomfortable, and they look like they're like parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. But when asked how she feels now, Nadine says she feels guilty because she's worried about Ed being sad. But Ed then tells her that Norma and him are planning on getting married. And she has an immediate face crack. And she reveals. <laughs> and a hand crack. <laughs> <laughs> and a hand crack. And she reveals that her shock that her and Mike are also getting married. And Mike's hand is dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nadine. I love you, but. <sighs> she really got herself. <laughs> I would say she got herself in this one. Uh, but uh, next we see Garland struggling up a hill. It's covered in mud. He's covered in mud. And as he comes to the main road, Hawk spots him and pulls over to help. Thank God for Hawk. Seriously, always. That is the through line <laughs> to this entire series is thank yeah. God for Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Garland asks which way the castle is. And Hawk says nothing. It just guides him to the truck. Now, to me, it looked like Garland's triangles were configured differently. They did look different. And where they they were darker, right? Before I thought they were like 
two and then maybe one over it or one under it. I can't mm-hmm. really remember. I think but so. But this time it looked like three that were in a box formation with all the points facing towards each other. Yeah, it definitely looked different. And I think it was darker. It was like almost black. It was really interesting. <sighs> it's that very mean? interesting. I'm sure there's a whole, at least one paper written on the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Back at the station, Garland is all bundled up in a blanket and he's shivering. And then we learned that he wasn't injected with true serum like I said he was. He was injected with haloperidol, uh, which is an <laughs> antipsychotic. And I think it has like sedative qualities and it's used to treat psychotic disorders. So I think it was what the one-armed man, the one-armed man was taking it, I think. Ah, interesting. Yeah. There was Not some Wizard serum. of Oz reference, maybe in the last scene, which made me think we should do that movie. As one of our mm-hmm. influence yeah. Lynch series. I feel like the wizard definitely a David Lynch influence. Oh, yeah. I mean, what hasn't been influenced by the Wizard of Oz at this point in history? True, true. But like Wild Heart had tons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like direct lines. Yeah. <laughs> so Coop tries to question Garland, but he doesn't respond rationally. And Andy comes in and stares at the petroglyph again, just trying to understand it. And then Coop relays that they need to be, they need to be at the right place and at the right time exactly to enter the Black Lodge. Mm-hmm. Then Andy asks if the 4-H club has anything to do with this. And Harry responds, doubtful. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Is that part of the book? No, I think this was out of one of the DVD case. Oh, it's a copy of the Petroglyph. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I guess that was where the Wizard of Oz reference was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I must not have written it down. It, might, it probably was yeah, one right. of the things it's that he about mumbled. Judy Garland. Oh, yeah. Because he's they call him Garland. Oh, he's Garland. Like, he's that's a weird name. Judy Garland. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> All right. So now we're at the Martell residence. And Andrew and Pete are trying to open the last silver box Eckhart left them. I almost forgot about this box. <laughs> I know. Me too. They're using a cram jack which is like where it tries to squeeze it, crush it, but it has no effect on it. So Andrew angrily takes it out and throws it on the floor and then takes out his gun and shoots it. (laughs) And that works. (laughs) Reckless. Very. Inside they find a key, but to what? Uh, We're not sure yet. But, you know, they're not really trusting each other, Andrew and Catherine even though they say they are, and they agree to leave it out in plain sight to let them know if either one of them took it. I don't know why they're fighting so hard for something from Eckhart, who yeah. wanted them both dead. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, like clearly it could be a trap, so maybe you should <laughs> be more, less like... Throw less, it in the yeah. lake. <laughs> <laughs> And then at the Hayward residence, Donna comes down dressed for the pageant, and I wrote in the most 80s, 80s dress imaginable. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I do not care for that dress on Donna. <laughs> no, I don't either. I hate it. <laughs> she immediately confronts her mom about her and Ben sneaking around, but they won't she, budge. She is channeling all of her past anger and whatever mm-hmm. into this. And she's like, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> they won't budge. And they sort of, are talking a little condescendingly to her saying that like you need to trust us you don't know like you need to like basically saying stuff like you don't know like 
what you're getting into, blah, blah, blah. And then she just responds, well, if you won't tell me, then I'll find out on my own. And this is your choice, not mine. (laughs) And I kind of was like, you know, she's pretty much 18. And especially after the last year, like her best friend was murdered by, and she was kind of involved in the case and did all this stuff. Like, I think you can tell her. (laughs) Just tell her. I mean. Exactly. Is it (laughs) worth it? (laughs) Uh, I was looking at Eileen and remembering Audrey's mom and thinking of some future things that might happen and thinking Ben Horn has a type. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. He loves a raven haired woman. (laughs) (laughs) Except when it came to Laura, just couldn't resist, but who could? Yeah. Yeah. His love for her is very complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So back at the station, Coop has a Eureka moment. The four and H symbol on the petroglyph actually stands for planets Jupiter and Saturn. The petroglyph tells them that basically the Black Lodge will open when Jupiter and Saturn are in conjunction, which he says is between January and June. And then I wrote quite a time frame. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. It's funny because even though, well, usually there is like a three day maybe time time Uh frame where it's like pretty much exact. Or there'll there'll be like one specific second or whatever that it is exact. But even though it's not the actual time that Jupiter and Saturn conjoined, whatever, Uh you know, in our world, (laughs) still (laughs) the astrology that they say is all very accurate to astrology, you know. Okay, that's good to know because I wasn't sure. (laughs) It's just a different Because Saturn is restriction, Jupiter is expansion. They say it. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then while having this eureka moment, Garland starts talking about fear and love. And that makes Coop realize that fear opens the Black Lodge while love opens the White Lodge. And he also realizes that- You have to remember that for the next episode because I've got to think about that. (laughs) Okay. Love, White Lodge, fear, Black Lodge. Yeah. (laughs) And then he also realizes that Wyndham's plan is to take the winner of the pageant and use them to open the door to the Black Lodge. But at this, right, as he realizes that, Andy tries to get their attention, but they rudely ignore him, which leads to him accidentally knocking the bonsai over and breaking it. And inside they find his Wyndham's bug and realize he's been spying on them this whole time. And then they continue to ignore. Go ahead. I was going to say, Andy's competing with Hawk for most useful. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, what are Harry and Cooper doing? We don't even need them. But they continue to ignore Andy and walk out. And I'm like, I don't. And this scene made it like very clear to me. But I, I don't like the way they treat Andy because they kind of like treat him as useless. And <laughs> I went on like a couple sentence rant in my recap. Like, why do they even have him around if they think he's useless? Like, that's so rude. Like, it's he's responsible for public safety. And if he's not useful, then don't have him on the force. I was just so annoyed. It's like, you guys are just blatantly ignoring him because you think he's stupid. Yeah, they are distracted. And they're like, you're not gonna be helpful, even though he literally just saved your ass. Well, not really, because Wyndham already knew everything. But right. I like but he the made way you Andy- aware. Yeah. Andy is like one of those. What, what would you call it? It's like, uh, <laughs> like universal character or I think it's oh. maybe from like um, a religion or something. But there's like this whole idea of the fool, like Interior mm-hmm. would be the fool. Just like 
the person I wrote a character like this once though it was like a person who is you know so not they're just like in the moment and they're not thinking about anything past or future right so they're always stumbling into being at the right place at the right time I know that there's a term that I just can't think of but it might be the fool yeah I think Andy really serves it in this series oh for sure season one and two for sure but should still listen to him yeah you should <laughs> you really really should, <laughs> really should. <laughs> uh, but uh now we start the miss twin peaks pageant we open with a group dance number full of clear umbrellas and clear raincoats and plenty of plaid vests <laughs> lucy right in the front of course <laughs> of course the best dancer and as the number concludes mr pinkle is overcome and is <laughs> grabbing on and like freaking out by the log lady and she is very annoyed this is where it looks especially tiny like yeah (laughs) opening number (laughs) like a corner stage of the roadhouse (laughs) i would say it's very small stage it's like not enough room to spread out yeah it doesn't even look like the audience is that full (laughs) no (laughs) it's like a couple tables So then we see Doc Hayward come out and he's our MC of the night. And he introduces the talent portion where Lucy starts with the dance. And I wrote, she's so good. Wait, did we already see the two log ladies at the same time and Bobby get cracked on the skull? That I think that's right now. Oh, yes, sorry. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's like right in the middle of her dance, then it goes backstage. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. So backstage, we see that Bobby is ogling some of the contestants. Gross. And <laughs> spots the log lady in the crowd. <laughs> it kind of made you laugh because he turns around. Yeah, he turns around. He's like, small towns, man. And then <laughs> he turns around and sees that she's there too backstage with him. Although it's actually Wyndham disguises her very clearly. Right. <laughs> and then I wrote, at this point, Wyndham is just doing Twin Peaks cosplay because... He's just like definitely fishing pee. His and... final costume <laughs> form. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Bobby's confused and he turns back out to the crowd and sees that the log lady is gone. And I was curious about this. And I was wondering, did she like vanish into thin air? Because if you notice Mr. Pinkle, he was like kind of grabbing for the air and was like confused as to why she was gone. Huh. And I didn't notice that. It was very weird how it kind of like went back and she was gone. And it was, yeah, it was interesting. I wouldn't put it past her. Mm, Who knows? Maybe she was like, I got to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he walks up to Wyndham backstage and makes a comment about, did you invite the whole family? And then he just gets knocked out by a log. Very. I mean, it looked like I think he just cracked his skull. Yeah, I was like, so so hard with that. (laughs) Some of them might need to get into a hospital. Yeah. (laughs) But as Lucy concludes her dance with a jump split, Coop and Harry enter the room and they talk about how there's police surrounding the uh, pageant and that once the winner's announced, they need to take action. Uh, But next up is Lana, and I wrote, performing some major cultural appropriation as her talent. Uh, (laughs) But she didn't appropriate the music. Instead, she's she's doing it to like this gangster jazz. (laughs) That's all I could call it. Yeah, it's (laughs) very odd. And the costume, I would say the costume and like the attempt at the dance is very, (laughs) it was like, oh, that's odd. Very cultural appropriation. 
but we watched like the whole number and i was thinking yeah. we should have cut back and forth between this one and yeah. seen the whole lucy number but it was another instance where i was like you know sanditon would never let us watch two full numbers oh no no <laughs> we would be cutting everywhere <laughs> but i'm sure it had to do with the limited resources yeah probably there is like just fill time but yeah, besides the costume showing her midriff, I wrote there really isn't anything sexy about it. She's just like moving around in circles. And or like, dancing. Oh. Yeah, she's not like moving her hips. She's just like spinning and then like opening the shawl and then closing it again. Yeah, but everyone is <laughs> transfixed by this, except for Norma. She is just like, okay. <laughs> it's funny because there's definitely a Twin Peaks burlesque troupe out there. I think they're called uh-huh. like the Pink Room or something like that. Mm. And personally, our Instagram, there are two different burlesque. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. At least people in burlesque who post their stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I was just wondering if, like, maybe the Twin Peaks one ever tried to do like a, <laughs> a version, Alana. <laughs> well, like, Dance. yeah, it's just it was so interesting, and I'm assuming it's like you know, it's an ABC. <laughs> <laughs> instruction that made it a little bit more like sfw but i don't know it was like okay she's just spinning in circles and opening a shawl and closing it <laughs> safer work so like a little more edited a little more oh, like oh. <laughs> safe to put on abc like if this was on hbo she'd probably have like pasties and you know <laughs> for sure be like be doing whoa this is a small town lady <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, it was just very interesting um but then next we go to Audrey's speech and it's very good speech, very poised. She gets a lot of applause. And then backstage, Donna spots Ben and confronts him. He's very skittish about talking to her and doesn't seem to want to talk about what she's trying to get to right there. But Donna keeps pressing him. And then she sort of comes to the, her own realization and kind of what we've all already kind of suspected is that maybe Ben's her real dad. And she basically says it. Right. You're my debt. And she throws away her cigarette and runs. I said, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what her speech was about. Parents should tell their children the truth. <laughs> you should never lie about saving the forest. You should always be honest about saving the forest. <laughs> and it's just crickets. <laughs> Everyone's like, very uncomfortable yes <laughs> seems very personal <laughs> and she's smoking while she's doing it yeah definitely yes <laughs> yeah, we gotta see the rest of these numbers <laughs> Let's make it please <laughs> uh but we go back to the main stage and annie is giving her speech and then she ends the speech with a quote from a native american tribal leader but as she's reading this quote we see Wyndham scaling the catwalk above her and then as Annie concludes her speech, she's met with uh, a lot of applause and a lot of tears. People are very moved. It's funny because I think it was Ben Durant from Twin Peaks mm-hmm. and Raps in the that chapter. It was said that he thought Audrey's speech was better and she should have won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I did think that. I think what would have been, I always picture Annie as like a Daria-esque character. And I think it would have been very funny to see her like giving this like passionate, like heartfelt speech, but like in her very straight tone, like not deviating at all. It would have been really funny. 
I don't think of her as Daria at all because Daria has like a sense of you know Daria she's has an it. awareness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like she's, she's just unintentional. She feels like she's <laughs> kind of de- dead behind the eyes a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Maybe it's the convent. <laughs> uh, but um, Doc announces that the balloting will now commence, and then Lucy is announcing that her choice for her baby's father she's finally chosen and it's andy and thank god (laughs) i know (laughs) but then i wrote was there ever really any doubt (laughs) did she want dick to be the father (laughs) she could have waited until after he had voted for who was gonna vote for it right (laughs) also this scene had no underscoring no it was quiet i was like what what is happening this feels because, especially because at the end of it, oh, you probably were about to say, but Andy is like, I'm very excited, but I've got to talk to Cooper. And it felt like there should be some sort of like under, uh, under, yeah. ominous tone underneath. <laughs> he just but turns away. <laughs> it's just like no sound. It was just so weird. <laughs> right. It was, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I wrote, yeah, he's honored. He has to find Cooper immediately. And then I wrote, Lucy has had it with men. Because <laughs> she yeah, just I goes, you, sister. men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we see Doc step up to the microphone and it's time to announce the winner and the winner is Annie <gasps> everyone's super excited even some of the contestants the only people who aren't are Coop and Lana <laughs> and Mayor Milford I love when Mayor Milford says she's been living in this town for about 15 minutes <laughs> I was yeah. like that's a very good point <laughs> But yeah, and then but I was also like, okay, so has Lana. <laughs> She's hardly been living here. At least An- at least Annie's from here. I thought, well, I guess she isn't from there. She's southern. <laughs> yeah, she's southern. So Annie, Annie at least was born there and lived there for like almost 20 That's true. years. That's true. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> it was like, really funny. You do have a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's only been back for like 15 minutes. <laughs> she's just that good. Uh, but as Annie is crowned and given her flowers, the lights go out and then they start to flash on and off. Oh, um, I, I could not figure out what the word is for that. What is the word for like the lights going like that? Strobe light. Strobe light. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is it? Uh, but I there's my brain strobe light. <laughs> You're like, uh, flashy light. What does it mean? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, they're going on and off really fast. It was pageant pandemonium. <laughs> yes, there's explosions and smoke filling the room and everyone begins to panic. And as everyone darts around, we see a sandbag go loose and it falls and hits Nadine on the head. Hmm. Which is a shame because she's the only one in that room with superpowers. I know she could have saved everyone. <laughs> she could have. Um, Doc tries to lead Annie off stage as Coop spots Wyndham, but Wyndham has like a little remote radio thing and that he activates, which causes a small explosion on the stage that sort of blinds Cooper for a second. And he grabs Annie and knocks her out with chloroform. And as the lights- a lot of setup for this. Okay, another thing (laughs) that I have a problem with, you know, besides the costumes and the computers and all that stuff, where did he have the time to rig the stage with explosives? He's got a time turner or something like that. Something. <laughs> it's it's interesting. But the lights come on and they're gone. And Harry runs off to find them. But just then, Andy 
finally reach a scoop and tells him that the petroglyph isn't a puzzle, it's a map. And I wrote, if only they had listened to him sooner, they could have had people waiting at that location for them. <sighs> you guys. He but... says, they got Annie. And I said, we got Annie. Because uh, <laughs> one of my other favorite shows as a child. <laughs> <laughs> we got Annie. But that's it for this episode. Oh my goodness. Exciting <laughs> conclusion <laughs> next week. I can't believe it. Oh so much Mm -hmm. what was your favorite part i'm gonna have to go with that nadine scene where she's talking about her wrestling wins because i (laughs) laughed out loud and just her description of some of them like the first one who was like the state champ or something she was like he was nice and a little slow (laughs) (laughs) and then talking about the next guy who had like I don't know. I can't remember what she says, like thighs, like thunder thighs, blah, blah, blah. Something about his thighs <laughs> being very strong. And then she pinned him in a minute five. It was just I really funny. Me too. It. I'm going to say the rehearsal for the dance number was my favorite. Oh, uh, that was a funny one. <laughs> That's definitely one that has stuck with me. It's like one of those, if I think back on what happens at the end of Twin Peaks? <laughs> that scene comes to mind. <laughs> I've never seen Showgirls before, but I've seen that like scene where she comes never in. Never seen Showgirls before? No, I've not. I feel like I should because I feel like there are references to it everywhere, even though it's supposedly not a great movie. <laughs> it's it's one of those good and bad yeah. movies. Yeah. Depending what on I've what heard. you're going to it for. Right. I'm Kyle McLaughlin, isn't it? That's right. I remember looking at I was like, who is in this? And I saw that he was in it. And I was like, Ugh. but the rehearsal for this, the pageant gave me that rehearsal scene from Showgirls a little bit. Cause that's the only scene I've ever seen from Showgirls because John Early did a funny cut of it with Kate Berlant, where they where he was <laughs> the main character and sh- and Kate Berlant was the coach. It was really funny. <laughs> Okay, so deep dive. Yes. Okay, we got a lot. Okay, I was going to say maybe we should do Norma Jennings, but she is definitely in season three. So Okay. I think maybe we should do Annie. Okay. And I was thinking maybe Eileen Hayward. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Because we haven't done Lana, but we did mention her, so we don't need to really... We said that she was like Lucy Steele, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can just refer to the Lucy Steele sorting. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think either of them have cards. I'm pretty sure. So we'll just have to to get ourselves. (laughs) Okay, let's start with Eileen. Just um... Okay. She's very secretive, very protective. Yeah, yeah. that makes me say cancer. Yeah, because it seems like there's also a lot of... She's even got a shell that she kind of exists in. Yeah. And Cancer is the mother of the Zodiac, so... She's the mother of Donna, the Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to go with Cancer. Do you have any... Yeah, I love that. No, I was actually going to go for a water sign because... Wait, is 
It's about our sign, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, because... I was originally thinking Pisces, but then you were saying protective, and I thought, oh, cancer. Cancer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go with water, so that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Annie. I would say lawful good. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Eileen is definitely a lawful good. Yeah. I she's... mean, obviously, she did something a little unlawful but yeah. <laughs> we don't know the situation yeah yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't say maybe it was unlawful because i think it's fine i think it's like legal to leave the father's name off the birth certificate but um oh yeah but i mean definitely like maybe it wasn't necessarily like great but she's still <laughs> right. for the most part a good person so yeah awful good's good yeah and I don't know. I feel like she would be in a Jane Austen book club. So I don't think we need to worry oh. about what she likes best. Yeah. I feel like she Persuasion, likes obviously. She's yeah. <laughs> lady who has regrets. <laughs> yes. Persuasion. And yeah, I like that. Okay. So Annie. Mm. Mm. Annie is also, she can be a little guarded. Yeah. But I, I would think... say maybe she's a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she's not necessarily as emotional she's well, kind of I feel like scorpios are like emotional but they're like secretly emotional <laughs> like yeah, they yeah, keep yeah a lot of stuff inside and yeah, you know she... she obviously had an extreme like a traumatic an extreme love relationship of some sort that right caused her to try to commit suicide so right i just feel like <sighs> that's a lot of passion without the proper outlets but... <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i like and, scorpio yeah i like it too plus you know she's willing to hop in a boat with cooper pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> uh i would also say lawful good she yeah definitely she doesn't seem to be anything else but and then i think she comes from a convent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's much room <laughs> for her to be anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I'm going to say her favorite is Sense of Sensibility because she is like, oh, I'm in Eleanor. Sisters. Yes, sisters. <laughs> Norma is definitely Marianne and she's definitely in Eleanor. Or maybe vice versa when they were younger. Yep. I can see was... um, Norma being in Eleanor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she did marry Hank, so <laughs> she sucked it up. <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> she sucked it up, pushed all her feelings away. Now she's a Marianne because she's with Ed, and they can finally be together. And yeah, they're... she can finally show her emotions. <laughs> yeah, I think sense and sensibility is definitely her her fave. Yeah, and the sister relationship is really the most important. So Exactly. Exactly. I like it. Alrighty, recommend day. No, no, no. Final thoughts. We always yes. forget. Well, not always, but sometimes. <laughs> there uh... was a recent one where I was like, oh, we didn't even do final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited to see where we end up. Like next episode, like, are we gonna get to the Black Lodge? Are we just kind of gonna get on the peripheral of the Black Lodge and wait maybe for season three to go there? I'm um I'm very excited to see. You know, is Bob going to show up? Like, what's going to happen? I am interested if you have any predictions. I think my prediction, let's see. I think Annie is probably going to die. I think she's either going to become part of the Black Lodge or like get stuck there. Something's going to happen with her where she can't be part of the real life anymore. Um, mm. I think Wyndham is 
my prediction for Wyndham is that he doesn't know what he's getting into and it's <laughs> going to consume him and he's going to regret doing it because he's not strong enough to fight it. He's no Cooper. And I'm trying to think of what else. What about with Cooper? I think Cooper will stop Wyndham or at least stop the Black Lodge from getting out of control and or maybe he'll save everyone. And I could totally see him saving everyone and getting stuck there or something like that. <laughs> Very much the hero's journey for him. Any side characters? Like like the whole box thing mm-hmm. with Catherine um, or... That one's weird Audrey. because what could... I don't know what the key could go to, but I... Part of me kind of hopes that it's like super anticlimactic for them because they were being <laughs> such brats about it. As far as... Audrey, I feel like at this point, let her take over the Great Northern because she's the best. Or make her <laughs> make her the mayor of the town. <laughs> and then... Who else is there? Donna? Donna. I think Donna is finally going to have the one-on-one with her mom that she needs. And I think it's true. I think Ben is her dad. Mm, Nadine? Nadine, I think, will be back to normal because <laughs> the sandbag will knock things back <laughs> into place. But I think she'll be <laughs> upset that Ed is... Not with her anymore, but can't really blame him. I think Leo will come home, but I don't know. I don't want Shelly with him or Bobby. So I hope she kind of just breaks it off and is like, I don't need you guys. You guys are garbage. Mm. Anybody from the past you think will make a... Re- oh, who else? Who else is that? Um, I'm going to say, I I think for sure we will see her, but uh, we better see Laura Palmer. And I kind of hope we see, well, I guess it was not, we won't see Josie anymore because it's her last, her last episode was a couple episodes ago, but. Mm. I, I forgot know. to mention it. I believe this was, well, maybe I shouldn't mention it, but I think this was Catherine's last episode. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. I think that I was wondering because you know how David Lynch knew, I, I don't know if, can't remember the person, Fred Elms, maybe, uh-huh. whoever Sissy Spacek's husband is from art school. And I think he might have, you know, when they were doing Carrie, I think they were all friends. So I was wondering if he oh. met Pepper Laurie when she was doing Carrie. Just Probably. When Probably. About that. <laughs> I always quote Piper Laurie's line when I think I might have done it the last episode or something. But uh, where she's like sending her, like Carrie's like trying to go to prom and she's like not okay. trying to let her go. And she's like, they're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> it's just the way she says it. They're all going to laugh at you. It just <laughs> makes me laugh. Man, looking over this previous deep dives we've done on Twin Peaks, we've done a lot of characters. Oh, yeah. And there's still quite a few we haven't done, but like in comparison to the ones we have done, we've done a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've done a lot. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was one thing I was going to say, but I can't remember. Oh, well, it's okay. It'll be revealed <laughs> next episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like this episode. Me too. It's a very good penultimate episode, and I can't even wait for you to see what's to come. <laughs> oh, oh I'm so excited. And I'm going to write the recap so you can just totally watch it and absorb yeah. it. <laughs> Perfect. recommendations rick i thought of one i was gonna mm-hmm. recommend but i don't know if i already did this but going to get your library card because i i don't think you have no because i just did because i you know i moved within the last 
two years and my previous house didn't really have a, I mean it did have a library but it was like not a, a great library one. and it wasn't really worth but now that I'm in Jacksonville and they have the whole library system and I have mm-hmm. relatives literally who work in the library <laughs> I finally get my library card and today I returned my first book and checked out two more books and I just <gasps> oh, I love like, it it's, it's just so weird because I used to go to the library all the time as a kid and like Mm-hmm. walking down the aisles and looking at all the books felt so nostalgic and i just was like it was so exciting to be like i can pick any book and i can just read it <laughs> and then i can bring it back and get a new one <laughs> so silly yeah uh, <laughs> i love libraries i remember every summer my mom would take us to the library and like every maybe it was every week or something we would just pick out a random book that we thought sounded interesting and we read it and <laughs> I, I just used to read so much and just don't anymore. Maybe I should get a library card. You should. Because not only can you check out books, but like they have the whole, there's like a million ebooks and audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And there's like That's the right. television one you can get oh. with your library card. That's cool. I was, that wasn't really what I was going to recommend, but <laughs> I was going to say also I started playing this kind of, if you have Apple Arcade, it's called Cozy Grove, and it's very mm-hmm. Animal Crossing-esque, except oh, for that it. it's like you're a spirit scout, and there's a whole bunch of ghost bears on this island, and you're always doing them favors. <laughs> and it's very ADD, because there's just like a million things you can be doing at any given time. Mm-hmm. But it also is very limiting, and like you can really only play for like an hour or two before it's like, there's literally nothing left to do. Go home. <laughs> that's kind of good though i like games like that because then it's like okay it gives me permission to stop playing yeah a lot i mean usually like with animal crossing and games such as that i get really into it for a while and then i'm like get resentful that it's trying to get me to come back day after day but i haven't felt that way with this but it feels very like i could or couldn't it's not gonna like None of the ghosts are going to die because they're <laughs> right. <laughs> That's cool. I feel like I've heard of Cozy Grove before That's and fun. I heard that it was good. So it's fun. Yeah, definitely recommend Let's check it out. Well, my recommendation is going to be a, it's a television movie is what it's categorized. It's called Would It Kill You to Laugh? Starring Kate <laughs> Berlant and John Early. And I just watched it, I think earlier this week or last, sometime last week on Peacock. And I thought it was so funny. John Early and Caperland are like two of the funniest people I think on the planet. Um, And it's kind (laughs) of like a sketch television movie. Like, but like the whole thing is almost like a sketch. Like it starts off with like their real names, John Early and Caperland. They're like the most iconic television comedy duo. And they're returning, (laughs) you know, X amount of years later to do an interview and together for the first time or something like that. And (laughs) There's like little sketches in between and I think it's just so funny and their chemistry is so funny and so good. Um, so I would recommend that. That's cool. I'll definitely have to check that one out. Except mm-hmm. I don't have Peacock at the moment, but I'm sure I will at some point. I uh, <laughs> I want to say some stuff on Peacock is like free. I don't know if I think we just pay for like whatever the next level is up from that, but mm-hmm. it might fall under the free one. I'm not sure. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, usually when a new uh, psych movie comes out or the Olympics <laughs> or something, I get Peacock for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, there's some good stuff on there, but this just came out, I think, last week. And so it was a very funny watch. 
if you're looking for funny. I'll have to try that one. Always in the mood for funny these days. Mm -hmm. You need it <laughs> these days. Distract me, please. <laughs> okay. Um, I was thinking we should just record an outro so that we don't have to do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> you just plug it in <laughs> right at the end. Yep. But since we haven't yet. Yes, we'll do it soon. <laughs> if you would like to contact us, you can email us at madersofmadness at jbell.com. You can DM us on Twitter at madersofmadness or on Instagram at madersofmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at madersofmadness.com. Yes, and... We hope that you will. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then what do we got next week? Oh, yes. Next on the docket, we have Sanditon, episodes five and six, the finale of that. <sighs> and then we have the finale of Twin Peaks. And I can't believe it. We'll have some sort of um, an episode with John Bernardi, whether it's the check-in or a separate episode. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming that everything works out. And... Yeah, we're almost done with this. This season, <gasps> very long. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's kind of funny to think about how shows used to have as many episodes because they don't anymore. <laughs> I know. I mean, I kind of love a show that lasts forever. If I love the show, me too. Like everyone complains now that shows are too long always, which sometimes they are. You know, if you don't like the show, yeah. it can be too long. I mean, I don't care because I only want to watch what I'm interested in. So if what I'm interested right. in has 500 episodes, then I will be happy to watch those right. 500 episodes forever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's almost the end, which is very interesting. 30 full episodes of Twin Peaks later. <gasps> and we have some more sometime. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more. There's Fire Walk With Me. There's two Twin Peaks books that came out with the new series, which is 18 episodes long. Very Whoa. long, packed episodes. <laughs> uh, I know, it was that long. For some reason, I was thinking it was nine episodes. I don't know why. <laughs> David not... Lynch. Now <laughs> in the, his later years, could not possibly do anything that no. is only nine episodes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I should have known better at this point. <laughs> I'm sure he would have done 25 if, you know, given more time and more money. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, that's it for today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yes. Well, thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Good night. <laughs> Bye.